Half of the first perek listed lots of different cases and conditions, scenarios under which one would be liable for damages, without going into much of the detail. And the Michelin Perik Aleph said that an example of damage of a muad, an example of a damage where the, uh, where the owner would be liable to pay Nezek Sholem full compensation for the damage which was caused, is Shor Hamazik Hanizak, an ox which does damage by goring inside the Nizak's domain. The Nizak is the person who was damaged, or his property was damaged. So if there was a damage of Keren, where Ruvain's ox entered Shimon's domain and gored Shimon's ox, the owner, Ruvain, would be obligated to pay Nezak Shalem. We're going to see in this Mishnah that is not so simple, and that is only the opinion of a Ritarifain. And just as a word of introduction, we already saw earlier on in this Perek that there's a big difference between Shane and Regel and Keren. Shane and Regel, Shane referring to damage which the animal benefits from, Regel referring to damage done as the animal is walking in a regular way. Shane and Regel only apply in the Rosh Nizak, the domain of the Nizak, the person who was damaged. But Shane and Regel, which occur in a public domain, there is no obligation upon the owner to pay for that. On the other hand, Keren, for example, in the animal gauze, that obligation applies both in a public domain and in, a, in the Rosh Hashanah So the mission says, Nogach, if the animal gored, Nogach, if the animal pushed and did damage with its body, this is a tolda, an example which comes under the category of Keren. Noshach, if the animal bit, Rovatz, if it lay down and broke something as it was laying down, Boat, if the animal kicked, these are all examples of Keren. But Rosh Rabim, in a public domain, everybody agrees that Mishalim Chetzi Nezek, the owner must pay Chetzi Nezek, at least the first three times that it does it, because that's considered to be a Keren Tamo. Now, but Shushan Nizak, if Keren happens in the Rishushan Nizak, then a retirement from Nizak Sholem, a retirement says that the owner is obligated to pay for the full damages. And so the Mishnah in the first Perek, which says that you pay full damages, that it's considered to be a muad. So that follows a retirement's opinion. However, the owner only has to pay Chetzi Nezek, just like if Keren happened in a public domain. According to the Chachomim, Keren is always for Chetzi Nezek, and you never pay more than Chetzi Nezek for a Keren Tam. Omlehem Ritarifan, and Ritarifan said to the Chachomim as follows, I've got a Kavachomer. If in a place, in a case where the Torah is lenient on Shane and Regel, in a public domain, the one is exempt for Shane and Regel in a public domain, and nevertheless, the Torah was strict with Shane and Regel, which happens in Rishus Hanizok, Lashayim Nezik Sholem. So you need to pay for the full damages there. So Kemsha Hechmer, Alo Keren Bershus Harabim, a case where the Torah we see is more strict, i.e. with Keren. Keren in a public domain, one is obligated to Shalinek to pay for half of the damages. So see in a public domain, Keren is considered to be more strict than Shane and Regel. Shane and Regel are totally exempt, and Keren you're liable to pay Khetzinezek. So we see that Keren is more strict, so in a din, All the more so, we should be strict with Keren in Rishus Hanizak to pay Nezek Shalim. Meaning, he is making a kalachimer from Rishus HaRabim to Rishus HaYachid. If Rishus HaRabim, we see as a place of less obligations, and nevertheless, you're still obligated to pay, how much? Chetzi Nezek. So all the more so in Rishus HaYachid, which we see as a place with more obligations, because even Shane and Regular liable there, so all the more so you should have to pay for Keren in Rishus HaYachid. Now there's a big problem with this kalachimer. Omroi v'chachom setu v'tarfen, dai labon adin is kanidain. It is enough for the thing which is being learnt 
to be like the thing which it's being learnt from. As the Chachom explain, just like in Rishus Harabim, in a public domain, Keren, you need to pay Chetzinezek. After Rishus Hanizak, Chetzinezek. So too, Keren in Rishus Hanizak would be Chetzinezek. Because what was Rabbi Harfin's argument? If even in Rishus Harabim you're obligated to pay Chetzinezek, all the more so in Rishus Hayachid you should be obligated to pay Nezek Sholem. So you can't make that Kavachoy there. You can only say if in Rishus Harabim you have to pay Chetzinezek, so all the more so in Rishus Hayachid you have to pay Chetzinezek. You can't now jump to all the more so you should pay more. You've no longer got an argument of all the more so. I want to hammer retire from Sabak to Chachomim. I need no Odun Keren to Keren. So I'm not going to make a Kavachoy from Keren to Keren like I just did. Retire from Kavachoy just now was from Keren in Rishus Harabim to Keren in Rishus Hayachid. Rishus Hanizok. Rather, I need Odun Keren me Regel. I'm going to make a Kavachoy from to Keren from Regel. And I retire from um, words his argument slightly differently. If in a case where the Torah is lenient on Shein and Regel versus Harabim, and that is in a case of versus Harabim in a public domain, that one is exempt for Shein and Regel in a public domain, and nevertheless you are still more strict with Keren in a public domain. So we see that Keren is more strict than Shein and Regel. So in a case where the Torah was strict on Shein and Regel in Rishos HaNizak, that even Shein and Regel, which are more lenient, even they pay full damages in Rishos HaNizak. Is it not all the more so that we should be strict with Keren, that Keren should be obligated Nezek Sholem in a private domain. If you see that Shein and Regel, which are, st- which are lenient, you pay Nezek Sholem in a Rishos HaNizak, all the more so Keren, which is strict, you should pay Nezek Sholem in Rishos HaNizak. And now there shouldn't really be a problem of Dayoi. Dayoi is short for the rule of Dayoi Abominadene's Kanidoin. Because in this case, the source of the Kalvachimer is on the same level of what we want to learn. It's the level of Nezek Sholem. Just like Shein and Regal, you pay Nezek Sholem in Rishos HaNizak. So too, Karen, you should pay Nezek Sholem in Rishos HaNizak. However, even regarding this Kalvachimer, Omar Lahem, the Chach Omuloi, the Chachom said back to Ritarfein, the rule that you can't learn from the Kalvachimer any more than you found in the source of the Kalvachimer, that applies here as well. The reason being that how do we know that Karen is more strict than Shein and Regal? Because in a, pri- in a public domain, Shein and Regal are totally exempt. And Keren is liable to Chetzinezek. That's sort of the first stage of the argument. That's how we know that Keren is considered more strict than Shein and Regel. And then we say, if Shein and Regel are liable Nezek Sholem in Shoshanizek, so all the more so Keren, which is more strict. But the Chachom hold that since the only way that you know that Keren is more strict is up to the level of Chetzinezek, so you can never use that as a source to obligate him Nezek Sholem. To obligate him more than you found originally in the source. And so they say, Ma, Rishus Harabim Chatzinezek, just like Karen and Rishus Harabim is Chatzinezek, that's the maximum you'll be able to lie to obligate someone in Karen based on a Kavachimer after Rishus Hanizek Chatzinezek. So even in Rishus Hanizek, you would only pay Chatzinezek for Karen, and that is the opinion of the Chachomim. A person who does damage to somebody else's property is considered to be a muad forever. Being shaygeg, being mazed, whether he did it by mistake, whether he did it on purpose, being air, whether he is awake while he is damaging, being yoshain, even if he is doing damage while he is sleeping, he is responsible for any damage which he himself does with his body. The truth is, the Yerushalmi explains that not any time somebody does damage while he is sleeping, he is responsible. If somebody goes to sleep and then someone else 
places a glass vase next to him and he ends up damaging it, he wouldn't be responsible. However, if the glass vase was there and he went to sleep next to it, so then even if he ends up doing the damage whilst he is sleeping, he would be liable to pay. And he is considered to be responsible, he needs to watch over himself. Now, as we mentioned in the introduction to the Masechta, the first six parochim discuss damages done to somebody else's possessions, or it is done by somebody's possessions, or both. But it doesn't discuss a man injuring another man. That is the focus of the eighth parak. But this Mishnah brings a case of a man injuring another man. If somebody makes someone else blind, the or he broke the other person's utensils, other person's objects. In both of these cases, he would need to pay Nezik Sholem because the Mishnah told us that Adam would Lailam, he is responsible always for whatever damage he causes. Now, why is the Mishnah all of a sudden bringing a case of a man injuring another man? The answer is because the whole point of this Mishnah is to show that even if somebody does something by mistake, he would still be obligated. The Mishnah wants to show that when one injures somebody else by mistake, his level of obligation is the same as when he damages his property by mistake. Because we're going to learn in the eighth parak that there are a number of other payments other than the direct damage caused when one injures someone. And this mission is coming to tell us that all of those extra payments only apply if the person did it on purpose. But if somebody injured someone by mistake, then he only has to pay for the damage done itself just like when it comes to when one damages someone else's property. But be as it may, the main point of this mission is to tell us that a man is responsible for any damage which he causes, even if it is not intentional. Because the end of the previous Perek talked about Odom Hamazik, a man who does damage to somebody else's property, the beginning of this Perek discusses another detail to, to do with Odom Hamazik. And then already in this Mishnah and the Kali Mishnayas, so really the first half of this Perek, discuss details of the category of Burr. When one digs a pit or he puts an obstacle in a public domain, thereby causing somebody else to be hurt, or by damaging somebody else's animal. So the Mishnah begins, somebody who places a barrel, some sort of earthenware barrel, in a public domain, and somebody else comes and trips on it, and he breaks that barrel. Potter, the person who broke it, is exempt, because when one when, when is walking in a public domain, he's not responsible to make sure he looks downwards, that he's not going to break something which is sitting on the floor. It's the responsibility of the owner of that barrel to make sure he doesn't place it in the middle of the road. So this is an example of Odom Hamazik, the person who did damage, the person who was walking did damage to the barrel, where he is actually exempt. Even though the previous Mishnah said that a person is always obligated for whatever damage he causes, this is something which one doesn't need to be careful about at all. And it's considered the responsibility of the owner of the barrel to make sure he doesn't put his barrel in the middle of a public domain. What happens if the person who tripped on the barrel is injured himself? Either the barrel broke and a shard of the earthenware hit him, or he tripped on the barrel and fell onto the floor. The point is, he was hurt because of the barrel. The owner of the barrel who placed it there is obligated to pay for the damages which were caused to this person. And this comes under the category of burr. Alright, continues the Mishnah. If somebody's barrel gets broken in a public domain, he's walking, holding onto the barrel, and he trips, and the barrel falls down onto the floor, it's full of water, and it smashes on the floor, and there's now earthenware pieces on the floor, as well as water on the floor. 
בחוכלות אכל במים, and somebody slipped on the water and fell and got injured, או שלוקה בחרסהו, or he got injured by the earthenware shards. And the way we're going to understand the Mishnah is that we're talking about a case where after it smashed and there were shards, pieces of earthenware on the floor, this person ended up stepping on it and got injured by that earthenware. I'm also going to explain, although it's up to a large debate, we're going to understand that there was enough time after the barrel broke for the owner to clear away the pieces of earthenware and the water and to get rid of this obstacle. And he didn't do so. So the mission says, Chayev, the owner of the barrel, is obligated to pay for the damages which were caused. According to this opinion, one is responsible for tripping whilst he is walking. So this person who tripped and broke his barrel, he's considered responsible for that action itself. And so it's considered to be that he placed the obstacle there himself. And he's responsible for the actual placing of the obstacle there. And because of that, even if, let's say, the person declares everything which is there as ownerless, so he's no longer the owner of those things, so if damage happens, he shouldn't be liable. But that is not the case. Since he was the one who put it there, and he's responsible for putting it there, so the reason why he was responsible for any damage which happens is not because it belongs to him. It's because he placed it there. And therefore, it's not going to help to declare it ownerless. However, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda says, only b'miskavein, only if the person intends to keep ownership of the water and the earthenware, only then would he be chayev, would he be liable for the damage which is caused by this obstacle. But the b'miskavein, if he doesn't intend to retain ownership of that, and he makes it ownerless, then potter he is exempt, because according to Rabbi Yehuda, if one trips on himself as he is walking, he's not responsible for that action itself. So the creation of this obstacle in the public domain, he's not responsible for the actual creation. He's considered helpless. The fact that it was created, that obstacle in Rosh Hashanah is not his responsibility. The only thing which obligates him here is the fact that it belongs to him. So right now he has something which belongs to him and is an obstacle in a public domain. So he needs to get rid of it. But as soon as he declares it ownerless, there's now no longer anything obligating him. He didn't create that obstacle and it doesn't belong to him. So he would be exempt. Mishnah Beis, this Mishnah brings other examples of things which come under the category of Bar HaShafeich Maim B'Rishus Rabim. One who pours water in a public domain, that water can cause people to slip. And this comes under the category of Bar because the water itself doesn't do any action. It's the person who is damaged who comes and he slips on the water. So because of where in Akhir, if somebody else is damaged by the water, for example, if he slips and injures himself on the ground, Chayev Benizkoi, the person who poured the water and created that burr, he created that obstacle of the water in Rosh Hashanah he is obligated to pay for the damages caused to this person. Which literally means he hides a thorn or glass pieces and it means that he places thorns or glass in a public domain just outside of his house. Or if he places thorns on his fence. At the edge of his domain, he has thorns sticking out into the public domain. This is also an obstacle in Rosh Hashanah, because it's very nice that it's connected to his own domain. And it might be that people don't generally walk right next to his domain, right next to the wall. Nevertheless, since at the end of the day it is poking out into a public domain, he would be liable for damages which happen by people knocking into it. The Godel Shinofal Rishusarabim, if somebody's fence or wall falls into a public domain and he has enough time to clear it away, and yet he doesn't do so, the Huskuban Achirim, and then other people are damaged, are injured by that obstacle in any of these previous cases, either a person or an animal, Chayv Beniskan, the person who made that obstacle would be obligated to pay for the damages.